Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about The Machine! <laughs> we are. We are. Did you ever see his comedy bit with The Machine? Come on, you're asking leading questions. You sent me the comedy bit That's about true. The, That's the Machine. Yes, but the listeners don't know that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, you, yeah, you sent it to me. I, I was like, you heard... have to watch this. Yeah. This is so funny. Yeah. I mean, this is right around the time that it went viral. Everybody yeah. was watching it. I had never even heard of this guy. And it was, it, it, it is, honestly, it became one of my favorite comedy bits. Yeah. It's fun to watch. He's hysterical. He's, he's very good at doing comedy. I mean, he's very good at it. He's very yeah. Good he's a good storyteller. Yep. The craziest part is it's just a, true story he's telling about something crazy that happened to him (laughs) yeah and this has been confirmed by multiple sources people within his class that said yeah that's exactly what he did yeah i didn't believe it at first i thought he was just making this shit up for a joke but no he actually (laughs) did all of this stuff actually did this yeah so back in 1997 rolling stones did an article um, about Florida State University being oh, yeah. the number one party school in the country. Right. And they interviewed and put an article about Burt Crusher in that magazine as the top partier at the number one party <laughs> school in the country. So he was a dude bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Oliver Stone read that article and optioned the film rights to Crusher's life. While in development, it fell through and all the scripts were submitted back to the writers. One of the writers changed Crusher's name and sold the script to National Lampoon. And that's how we got National Lampoon's Van, Van Wilder, Wilder yeah, starring Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So it He's the original Ryan Reynolds. He, he is. He is. Ryan Reynolds stole this guy's life and career. Yeah. I think Burt Crusher <laughs> has a has an argument here. I think you should I think you should pursue this. He he has said he would never no, I, go after this. It yeah. doesn't it he said, yeah, whatever. It's loosely based, <laughs> whatever. It's he's not going after that. Now, I actually knew who Burt Crusher was, not with the Van Wilder stuff or anything like that, but he was a host on a couple travel channel shows that I watched and really? I loved before this whole machine thing came out. Wait, on a travel channel show? Yes. He had two shows. One was called Bert the Conqueror. And what he would do is he would go around the country. And I, I do think he went to other countries too a few times. But he would just do these crazy rides and crazy stunts and all this stuff. <laughs> now, he's afraid of heights. Okay. And so it it was really funny. Like, they would take him to these big amusement parks and make him ride these crazy roller coasters. <laughs> they would do stuff like that. They would do, I think one time there was, like, a tomato war. Like, there was a town doing this, like, tomato, like, you know, instead of a dodgeball war. It was, yeah. like, with tomatoes or something. Well, that so seems he, like a massive waste of food, but yeah, all right. Yeah, it does, but they did that. He went to, I think it was on the East Coast somewhere, where they had this wife-carrying race where the men had to carry their wives <laughs> and run. Oh, my God. And he did that. So, anyways, it's just all this crazy stuff. There was three seasons of it. Wow. I loved that show. I thought he was hilarious. Huh. And then he did this one called Trip Flip, and he would go up to these random people on the street. I remember this. And he would offer them a trip, like a weekend trip or something like that. And they had and they, to say yeah, they yes, had to say yes. Yeah, on the spot. That's right. Yeah, okay. I remember this one. Yeah. And so then he would take these people on, but they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were doing. They just had to say yes and then go. 
So they they get some time to go pack a quick bag or whatever. But then, that's the machine guy. It is. It is. It's the same guy. My mind is blown. I remember this show vividly, but I don't remember the host. I just remember the whole like because I thought he was funny in that too. I yeah. I so I enjoyed watching this guy before this whole machine story came out. And then when that came out and then you start seeing all this other stuff and I'm like, this guy's just, he's got some charisma about him. He's a good storyteller. Yeah. So I've enjoyed watching parts of his career for quite a while, actually. Cause I think the, the birth, the conqueror looks like it what aired in 2010. Oh, wow. Okay. 2010. I used to be like, dude, I would love it if this guy would just show up and like, <laughs> ask me if I want to go on a trip and be like, fuck yeah, I'll go on a trip. Let's go. When was this Trip Flip show out? Trip Flip was 2012 through 2015. So 2010 through 2016, he worked and hosted shows on the Travel Channel. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder if any of that stuff is available on streamers somewhere, because I'd love to go back and watch I was just that. thinking that when I was kind of doing some research for this, I was like, man, I'd love to go back and watch those again, because I remember really enjoying them and yeah. thinking they were, they were, some of the stuff they were doing was just crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And some was just like, they're going on rides, but right. he was just hilarious because he's scared of heights. <laughs> so I can relate. That's funny. That's <laughs> this, really, so. really funny. I, I just, I, I never would have made that connection. Like, in my brain, even now, after having watched this movie and having seen his comedy stuff, I still don't think of him as the dude that was on the Trip Flip show. I just, the Trip Flip guy seems like another person to me. I don't know. I don't know why, but that's crazy. Well, he had to be on his fairly good behavior. You know, it's it's Travel Channel family shows, you know. Well, sure. I mean, I know he's not cursing up a storm and talking about, you know. And he has shirts on. Yeah, he's wearing a shirt, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's cool. So my prior experience with Burt Crusher, actually, I did have prior experience with Burt Crusher, but I didn't know it. Yeah. Yep. And you did, and you did know it. Yes. I recognized him right away. I was like, oh my God, that's the dude. <laughs> now, this, is, we also have Mark Hamill in this movie. You'll get to that, the, the stuff. But Mark Hamill in a non-Luke Skywalker role I just don't see him very often out in the world doing stuff, you know? Yeah, just... I was thinking that too is like, has he had a lot of stuff out? I mean, I know he's done a lot of voice acting. Yes. But I mean, on screen where he's not doing a Star Wars related bit. Because like even on, he was on the Big Bang Theory for one episode. Oh, he but was? He was, he was? He was playing himself. Okay. But everybody was excited because it's Luke Skywalker, you know? So I still feel like that's kind of Star Wars adjacent, you know, even though yeah. he was playing himself. It's just, it was because of Star Wars type of Well, thing. I mean, it's like going on the Muppet show as Luke Skywalker. You're basically, you know. Right, right. But yeah. just doing something completely outside of Star Wars and so not playing yourself, not doing voice acting. I, I can't think of anything. The only other thing that I remember seeing him in is a movie called The Big Red One, which is a World War II movie from 1980. I think he did it right between Star Wars and Empire. Oh, wait. And he was on the Flash TV show from back in the 1990s. Okay. He played a character called the Trickster, which I think was like a Joker ripoff. I don't know if he's actually a character in the comics, but he was he was in that Flash thing and as i understand it or as i remember it he chewed up the scenery pretty good but 
Yeah, I mean, you see him here and there, but it's not it's not as common to see him out in the world as a non Star Wars thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but his voice acting is legendary. I mean, the dude—he's the Joker. Mm-hmm. This is the Joker to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill, so much so that he voiced the character for more than twenty years. Yeah, you know, all through the Batman animated series, a bunch of animated movies, all the Arkham video games, he was the Joker. He still is. So, cool. Yeah. So, why don't you give us the rest of the cast and crew then? All right. So this movie was directed by Peter Atencio. I don't know this name. I I hadn't heard of him, so I looked him up, and he is best known for directing Key and Peele, the TV show from... Oh, okay. So he's in the comedy area. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Written by Kevin Beagle and Scott Landis. Wait. Not Burt Kresher? No. He did help come up with the idea, kind of as a kind of as a side joke like I was watching some interviews and he was pitching some movie ideas and one I don't remember which studio it was said sure okay let's let's do a movie if you could do whichever one you want what would you do and he goes well if I was gonna do one I don't know I'd do like the machine that got kidnapped or something like that and they're like oh yes that's what it is you and your dad get abducted so so he kind of came up with that premise wow. but okay. the actual story then was written by these other people so yeah all right all right we already talked about starring Burt Crusher and Mark Hamill Mark Hamill of course plays his dad whose have... name is also Burt but Albert Albert yeah, yeah. Jimmy Tatro is playing young Burt right Iva Babic is Irina Stephanie Kurtzuba is Leanne, playing Bert's wife. That's not his real wife, right? It is not his real wife. Jess Gaber is playing Sasha. Not his real kid? Not his. And they also changed his daughter's names. His daughters didn't want their names in the movie, so they changed the daughter's names. Okay. He does have two daughters, and they are different ages than the ones that are in the movie, but they did change their names because the daughters said they didn't want their names in there. So Fair. Rita Bernard Shaw is Ashley, and and Nicola Jericho as Igor. All right. Do you want to get into the story? The story of the machine. The machine. <laughs> okay. Well, the movie opens in a casino in Moscow where an aging gangster watches Burt Crusher's machine routine, which details how he... Details the true story of how a college-aged Bert became involved with the Russian mafia while on a school trip to Moscow. The gangster recognizes Bert and vows to find him because he has something that the gang that belongs to the gangster from that fateful night in 1999. Now they changed it to 1999 in this movie because in 1995, when he when he actually was on this trip, because I, I watched the comedy bit again, he was on the trip in 1995. Mm-hmm. As he tells it, in this movie, it's 1999 because he couldn't have given us all of the Austin Powers stuff in 1995 because Austin Powers didn't exist until 1997. Mm. And he's doing Austin Powers bits in this movie. So I wonder if I there's think, another reason because that seems like a probably to age it up a little bit. Yeah, maybe probably to age it up a little bit. But okay. yeah, so but then the gangster he shoots the TV. And I have Which a question. Is 
really dumb. What does that do? Nothing. Just makes you have to buy a new TV. I mean, yeah. I guess if you're a gangster and you got millions of millions of rubles or whatever it is, then why not? But why? Also, it's the inconvenience. Now you can't watch the TV while you're going to get the new TV. Also, it's very clear in the story that Bert didn't get to keep any of this stuff. The mob, the mafia guys kept the stuff. So why would he think that Bert still has this thing? He doesn't know that the mafia guys kept the stuff. He just knows that the machine knows the story of the machine. This whole thing is predicated on this story of this American kid that perpetuates in Russia of the machine who robbed the train in Moscow with the mob. Yeah. There's no way that the mobster can differentiate who has what. He just recognizes that guy. And we're going to learn later that Igor is... He disappears. Mm-hmm. So the only other tie that they have was Igor and he's gone. Yeah. They now know where Bert is though. He's yeah. in America telling his story to the world. So, and then we get a massive credits exposition dump. We learn things like Bert's popularity skyrocketing after the machine bit goes viral. We learn that the success has kind of gone to his head. He ends up estranging himself from his oldest daughter, Sasha, And he ends up having a struggling relationship with his father. Bert and Sasha's issue stems from the fact that Bert live-streamed Sasha's arrest for underage driving while trying to drive a drunken Bert home. Is there any truth to this? That is not true. Okay, good. I'd like to think that he's not enough of a dickbag that he would live-stream his daughter getting arrested. (laughs) Yeah, no, that that part is not true. So my understanding is... The, the story of the robbing the train when he was in Russia with the mafia bits, that stuff's true. Everything current day is not true. Okay. Everything's made up. Like even the estranged relationship with his father. Now he does say that he does have a bit of an estranged re- relationship like from the past, mm-hmm. but nothing like what it is in the movie. Okay. Okay. The Kreischers then throw a huge birthday party for Sasha with guests that she doesn't know, including people that like appear to be fans of Bert's comedy. Like, why would you invite these people? I don't know. He just wanted to have a big party for her, and she, but she wanted a small party with just her friends. Albert, Bert's father, shows up and he complicates things even more for Bert. He never believed Bert's machine story, mm-hmm. like ever. He never thought it was real. But that it is all pretty kind of, crazy. It is kind of a crazy story. It is kind of hard to believe. And yeah. unless it was substantiated, which it was, I could yeah. see how you could be like, yeah, okay, bud, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I robbed the train with the Russian mob too, you know? It was in France. <laughs> we were in France robbing the train. So that kind of changes, though, because Bert and Albert get taken hostage by Irina, who. She kind of crashes the party and finds Bert and Albert having a private conversation in, like, I think it's the garage or something like that. And she tells Bert that the DJ that Bert hired is going to kidnap Sasha and hurt her unless Bert helps her find something that Bert stole from Arena's father during the night in Russia 20 years ago. It's a watch, a pocket watch Mm -hmm. that was stolen. So they fly to Moscow. And on the flight, we get a flashback of young Bert with his class and the teacher on a train in Russia. And he's introduced to a mobster named Igor, 
who is amused with Bert's limited knowledge of the Russian language. Bert ends up introducing himself as the machine. Now, in the movie, he tells it differently. He's supposed to be like, he's, I'm a badass is what he was trying to say. But in the comedy bit, he's trying to say, good evening. It's very nice to meet you. My name is Bert, and I work the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not how it plays in the movie. <laughs> no, they changed that a little they bit. They changed it just a tad. <laughs> so, but he introduces himself as the machine. He gets taken in by the mobsters. He amuses them with references to late 90s pop culture, which hadn't made its way over to Russia yet, like Lost in Powers, Beavis and Butthead, that kind of stuff. And Bert and the mobsters end up robbing the whole train, including Bert's classmates. Then they arrive in Moscow in present day. Bert and Albert are driven around the city as Bert tries to remember where Igor could have stashed the watch. So they go to a bank during this search. First place they go is they go to a dorm, what was a dorm and is now a hotel, though. And they break into a wall and they find, like, some stuff, but not... Not what they were not looking for. Not what they were for. looking for. Not the watch. Was this where we get the knife? Yes. He fi- yeah. We find the knife. We find Dad's what knife. So Yeah. So when he robbed his classmates, he also robbed himself. Yeah. And apparently that is a real thing, too. Is right. Is that there yeah. was really a knife that his father had given him. Oh, really? The knife is true? The- okay. <laughs> yes, the knife right. is true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he lost, his- <laughs> he lost the knife. <laughs> because he robbed himself. <laughs> he robbed himself, too. He tried to talk the guy's out of taking some of that stuff. But. Right. You know, what's interesting is that the story of the machine is not limited to the train. Mm-hmm. Like, he spent the whole fucking summer, like, running pool hall scams and shit like that in yeah. Russia with these guys. Yeah. So it's not like a limited one-time, like, thing. Right. That was it. He was in the Russian mob for yeah. a summer. <laughs> yeah, he was. Like, that's a hell of a... That, that is a hell of a an internship, right? Well, he learned Russian. He did. <laughs> so. He did. He did. So they go to the bank after, and they meet up with Irina's brother, Vanya, and Bert learns that she and her brother are competing to find that watch to win their father's favor to take over their little faction of the Russian mob. A shootout breaks out, and Bert tries to stop Vanya with a shot to the leg, but he accidentally shoots him <laughs> in the head. And that kind of starts a chain reaction. Vanya shot in the head, pulls the trigger, shoots another minion in the head. That minion pulls the trigger and shoots another minion in the head. So Bert now effectively has killed three people. <laughs> <laughs> I I love Mark Hamill's expressions through this whole thing. Like he's just in utter shock through this, and it's fantastic. I Mark love it. Mark Hamill is a national treasure. That dude. <laughs> He may not be the greatest actor in the stable, but that dude, he's just, he's a personality. He is Mark Hamill. It's like George Takei, you know? Like, you can't separate George Takei from, like, his personality. You can't separate Mark Hamill from his personality. Mark Hamill is is great. <laughs> I love him. Absolutely love him. So they this, this chaos allows Bert, Albert, and Arena to get away. And they board the... Somehow, the exact train that Bert and his classmates rode during that fate, fateful that night. That is an old train. 20-year-old right? train. 20-year-old train, Still yeah. working, huh? Yep. They meet Igor's men in the bar car, and these guys entice Bert to drink and show them the legendary machine. With 
Machine Vodka. Vodka. Yeah, because he's on the yeah, like he's he's become so legendary. They have Machine Vodka, <laughs> yeah. and there's ads for him like all yeah. over the place. Yeah. It's got his picture on it. Yeah. Which is hysterical. I don't know if how accurate that is. It I, sounds like again, up, but, it's uh, yeah. the current stuff is non. Okay, so that okay, not yeah. true. So he manages to convince the men, and they go get Igor. But when Igor arrives, it's not the same Igor from Bert's old adventure. It's another guy named Igor who knows of Bert's exploits, which have become legendary, as we just discussed. A fight breaks out, and Irina, Bert, and Albert are chased to the back of the train, where one of Irina's men named Sponge because he absorbs bullets, shoots Irina, and she falls off the train. Then Albert pushes Bert off the train and agrees to help the remaining gangsters find the watch in order to save his granddaughter. Granddaughter, yep. Yep. Bert wakes up on the tracks, and he is found by Igor, the real Igor, and he's brought back to Igor's house where Bert meets Igor's family and finds that the villagers also found Irina, who's still alive, Igor also still has the pocket watch from the train robbery, and he gives it to Bert. And Bert nurses Arena back to health, and he has kind of a heart-to-heart with her about how their fathers had these like over like over expectations of them and all this stuff. And we also find out that Arena was a huge Family Matters fan. She loved Urkel. I don't, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Which is funny because that plays back. That plays later. There's a there's a reason that they set that up, and it's really fucking funny, actually. Yeah. So the whole part with him trying to nurse her back to health, and he has to pull that thing oh out. That was it. Was I know it's stupid humor, but I still was laughing. Yeah. It was because I feel like that's what I would be doing if I had to pull something out of somebody's leg. I would be probably gagging and trying not yeah. to vomit on top of it. Well, he pukes it and he puts it in his pocket. <laughs> in his like pocket. what the hell, dude? <laughs> Like, what'd you do that for? I don't, I don't know where else to put it, but so it's weird. just, it's just, you know, but apparently during some of these scenes, and this is one of them, the director, while giving advice or while Bert was asking for advice, the director is just like, well, what would you do if this was really happening? And he's like, I would probably throw up. And he goes, all right, let's, let's throw up. Oh, so, you know, it's just kind of feeding off of what he would really do in these yeah. situations. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they take the pocket watch with them, and Bert and Irina confront Sponge and yet another brother of Irina's, Alexei, at their father's casino in Moscow. They have Albert hostage there, and they've been feeding him drugs. (laughs) There's a scene where Mark Hamill's talking really fast, and Bert's like, why are you talking so fast like you're on speed? And he goes, because I'm on speed! (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. That was that was funny. So, another shootout happens, and this time Albert, knowing that his son's story is true, feeds or tells his son to drink some vodka and become the machine to get them out of their situation. And Bert fights his way out of the casino. He fights Alexi, bare-chested, fights yeah. Alexi, out of the casino and into the streets where Arena and Alexi's father arrives. And Arena presents the pocket watch to her father, but her father says... You're too weak. You're a woman. You can't control this empire. So she kind of resigns herself to it. And then Alexi takes over the... No, I'm just kidding. She fucking shoots him right in the chest. And you can tell that he's kind of proud of her. Yeah. Fucking weird-ass Russian shit, man. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, he's like, yes, now you can take over. And then he dies. (laughs) 
And then everybody, what's funny, the funny thing is like everybody fucking kneels to her. Yeah. Like what, did she just become a knight? What the fuck? Maybe. What is this? Everybody kneels to him. And, uh, I think that's just for us to visually see that they're going to accept her as the leader. Right. Because <laughs> otherwise, you'd never know. They could just be like, screw that. We're going to go it, follow it, this guy. It's a weird moment in a weird movie. It is. Let's it be is. honest, okay? <laughs> and so she takes Alexi prisoner, even though he's like, oh, we can work together. But she takes him prisoner. She's like, oh, we're going to torture him. We're going to figure out what I'm going to cut off of him first. And he vows revenge on the machine, implying that we're going to have a sequel, I'm guessing. Right? So, interviews with both Burt Crusher and Mark Hamill, they are both really hoping <laughs> to get a sequel. And oh they said God. the crazier, the better. They are just like, they don't even care if it's like super serious. They're just like, <laughs> let's just go all in on this and just have a good time. So, you know, if Box Office has anything to say in that, I don't think they're going to get a sequel. This thing's <laughs> not doing very well at the Box Office. Well, it's competing against some big movies right now. Too, didn't it come out? So. Didn't Little Mermaid come out at the same time, or is it? Uh, yeah, you've got right Boogeyman. now. You've That's got Boogeyman. You've got Fast X. You've oh, got Spider Man into the Spider Verse. You've got Little Mermaid. You've got Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my God! You've got tons. They're going to drown movies it's drown. right now. Yeah. This is not. I think this is going to do better on streaming. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think you're right. And that because I think a lot of people will watch this, and mm-hmm. I. I, I just do. Yeah. But going to the movie theater, you know, people aren't going to probably spend money to see four or five different movies. They're going to probably pick one or two yeah, and go to that. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, and when we were at the theater, it was, there were a lot of people buying tickets, but there were only, there was only one other person in that theater with us. Right. And that was opening weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. They're probably, I mean, there were a lot of people going to Guardians of the Galaxy still. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. This will do better on streaming. The story rounds out with Bert and Albert returning home where Bert vows to be a better father. And in therapy, he tells his therapist the new updated story of the machine. And in the credits, we also find out that Bert has used is using his celebrity status to help his father sell carpets for the family business, which is oddly spelt with a K. Yeah. Now, in <laughs> real sure life, works. Bert's real father as actually an attorney, he does not sell carpets. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I suppose selling carpets is more innocuous than being an attorney and kind of makes for better jokes, I right. guess. Right, yeah, I think the, so too. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right. Notes-wise, you know, I started taking notes and I was like being all serious about it. I was like... This is <laughs> not that kind of movie. Yeah. I was like, how would Igor's room still have the stash hole in it? I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck am I doing? This is a this is a story. This is a movie based on a story that is so batshit crazy that everybody thought it was fake until people started saying, "Yeah, it was real." Yeah. Like, why would I even bother taking this seriously? Now, the one note that I took that I want to point out is after Irina shoots her dad, and it's like this dead serious moment, and everybody's looking at her, and she turns around and she looks at Bert, and she goes. Did I do that? Like Urkel. And I fucking lost it. That was honestly the best joke in the whole fucking movie. They set that up perfectly. Perfectly. And she played it really fucking well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah. So anyway, the one the one concern that I did have is that the action sequences, you can tell that this is a comedy director and not somebody that's directing action. Right. It was very stunted, very stilted. 
Yeah, like you could see in some of them, like the choreographing how far off they were from actually punching somebody, yeah. and it it looked bad. But again, I felt like this this wasn't. I don't know. I felt like it wanted to be action comedy. Yeah. But yet, if you want, instead of comedy action, maybe like more comedy with a little action. Yeah. I, I feel like this should have been more comedy with a little action. Either that, or you got to work on that choreography better on those action sequences because I could even tell like okay this she was like three feet from that dude and he still went yeah 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 it was it was pretty bad but you know when you know here's the thing you said this is going to do better on streaming and I 100% agree with that this is going to do better when people can sit at home and either get drunk or high and watch this movie Mm mm-hmm and they will laugh their asses off. There's going to be this is this is going to be this is going to be a sleeper hit when it get when it hits free. I think so too. Guaranteed. I think so too. Yep. yep. Now I was watching. Now the interviews for this, this guy is funny. I Bert, mean, yeah. he's yeah. hilarious. There, I watched interviews with Bert, Mark Hamill, also hilarious. The kid that that played the young one. They were all interesting. They're all funny. They all had great stories. I think one of my favorite stories was. Bert Crusher said when they first got over to, I think, did they do this in Serbia? I think it was filmed over there. It was Serbia. So when they first were getting to Serbia, Bert Crusher, Mark Hamill, and Iva Babic, who plays Arena, mm-hmm. they got together for dinner. And Iva and Bert got there first. And she says to him, please don't talk about Star Wars. I've never seen it. So what does he Holy do? Holy shit. He's, he just starts talking about so Star Wars. As soon as Mark Hamill comes down, he says, "Hi, this are hey, how you how you doing? This is Iva. She's a huge Star Wars fan." Yeah. <laughs> Dick. And then he then he asks he like keeps egging it on to like, "So besides Luke Skywalker, who's your favorite character?" <laughs> and she says Chewbacca, and he goes, "Oh yeah, what's your favorite line of Chewbacca's?" <laughs> So he's just like going on and it's it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's just got to be a riot. Goodness. So anyways, he was fun in the interviews. But there was one interview that I thought was pretty good. Rich Eisen, I think. I, th- I don't know if he's a podcaster or a radio guy, but he's like doing that whole interview thing where he's telling him, oh, you're you're an actor. You're really good in this, blah, blah, blah. And Bert just starts laughing and he says, yeah, me, Eminem and Howard Stern. <laughs> I'm pretty good at playing Bert. <laughs> so he knows, you know, he's yeah. he's got a lane and I think he's going to stick to that lane. So <laughs> I mean, here's here's the thing. He's not trying to like be a serious actor. He's just being Bert Crusher and I have a lot of respect for that. You got to stick you got to stick with your lane, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So, anyway. Uh, do you have any other notes? Any kind of alternate casting? Did they have anybody else in mind for dad or was Mark Hamill on board the whole time? I think he was one of the, I I didn't hear any other names, but he, when they were talking about who should play your dad, Mark Hamill's name came up and then it was like, well, we have an interview with him at three o'clock today. You want to hop on? So they did a Zoom interview. And the first question Mark asked Bert was, why don't you ever wear a shirt? And he says, my dad asked me that all the time. So I knew instantly (laughs) that was the guy to play my dad. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, so no other notes then, right? Do you have any other notes? No nope, other Nope, I'm good. No other okay. Well let's do our thing then. Let's do a keep renter a race. Jennifer and tell me why. 
Okay, off of first viewing, I'm going to put this as a rent. However, I have a gut feeling that when I watch it again, it might move to a keep. Just because when we first watched it, there was funny parts, there was parts I found interesting, but there was a lot of goofy crap, like with the, like we said, the choreography. Mm-hmm. There was just some stuff in there that was like, meh, I don't know. But as I was sitting here thinking back on parts of the movie, I'm sitting here chuckling afterwards, like, yeah. oh my God, that was funny, or that was great. So I feel like if I watch it again, I'm probably going to enjoy it more because I know what this movie is now. The first time I was watching it, I kind of knew what to expect, but not really. Right. And you really have to go into this movie like this is not a serious movie at all. Right. This is just a goofy movie to be a goofy movie. And if you want to just go watch Burt Crusher and Mark Hamill just have fun, this is a great movie for that. So I feel like I feel like this actually might end up in like a regular rotation for me at some point. But just off of first viewing and for people who maybe aren't Burt Crusher fans, Mm -hmm. it's probably just a rent. Okay. Okay. How about you? I, you know what? It's a solid rent for me. I agree with you that it's going to find legs outside of the theater. But I, for me, it lasts, you know, it sticks with you, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that I'm going to revisit very often. I might watch scenes of it, Mm -hmm. but like the whole storyline... I can kind of take it or leave it, you know? Sure. I'd rather watch his comedy than rewatch this movie, which is not to say that this is a terrible movie. As a comedy, it works. It works. The action is bad, though. Like, real bad. So, like you said, don't take it too seriously. Give it a rent. If it's on streamer, watch it. I can't say... I I don't think I'll ever move this to a keep, honestly. Okay. Even though I do... Burt Crusher, I love you. I'm going to tag him in this. I'm going to tag Mark Hamill in this, too. Like, these guys, they're fantastic. I love both of them. And I, I, if I'm being completely honest, I will watch bits of this movie again. But I probably will never sit down and watch the whole movie through again. It's just not something that I want to spend the two hours on. Sure. I did do a little bit of clock watching when they weren't focusing on the machine stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. When they were doing the like, oh, we got to hunt for this watch, you know, like I was like, okay, all right, well, let's do this part now. <laughs> and then they'd do something funny and I'd be like, yeah, he's on speed, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, rent for me. What What's next though? What are we doing next? All right. Up next is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. All right. So this movie has some huge, huge shoes to fill, but from everything that I've heard so far, it's doing that and more. So... I got high hopes. My problem with getting high hopes is that every time it's I've hard. had high hopes, yeah. the fucking movie lets me down, like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. <sighs> but I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah, that first movie was really good. So Honestly, one of my favorite Spider-Man yeah. movies ever. Hopefully, hopefully movie. we, we get a good sequel. Yeah, I'm hoping so. So we'll find out next week, I guess. And we will see you right here on the couch with Spider-Man. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.